0: a typical company, 57% of people say it's a great place to work. At Cisco, that number is 96%. I'm Chester Elton, and this is my co-author and dear friend, Adrian Gostick.
1: Well, thanks, Chess. Yeah, Cisco has topped Fortune's Best Places to Work list two years in a row, and today we get to learn what they're doing with mental health and wellness to achieve such amazing results. As always, we hope the time you spend with us today will help reduce the stigma of anxiety at work and in your personal life.
0: And with us today is our friend Sheila Champion-Smeath, Global Head of Well-Being for Cisco. Sheila is responsible for developing a global strategy that drives the conscious culture of holistic well-being for leaders, teams, and individuals at this Fortune 500 company, annually named one of the best places to work. During her time in People and Communities, formerly known as HR, Sheila has been passionate about embedding a holistic and inclusive well-being strategy. Sheila, we are delighted to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Welcome
2: thank you so much adrian and chester i'm i'm thrilled to be here and i I, you know that when you introduce me in that way is it's so fascinating to think about the depth and breadth of what i can do and just for listeners here it's helping understand that my passion in this space is what drives the impact as well that we can all have and i appreciate everything you do on these podcasts um, to bring the conversation to life so thank you so much for having me here today
1: thank you for all you do for your 70,000 employees around the world. And so I know people are going to be, you know, pen in hand, ready to learn from you. So, so let's just dig in, give us some specific ways you found Cisco can help the well being of, of its, you know, very technical workforce, very global, uh, lots of generations working, give us some ideas of what you found that it is working.
2: Well, I think, Adrian, you know, I think the thing we have to remember that when it comes to well-being, well-being means life. And it's all of the life challenges that come at us, whether that is impacting our work or our personal lives. And when we think about that as employees or leaders in Cisco, that's our whole self. And so as organisations, we really have to understand that we're all human beings at the end of the day. Whether you're a leader or you're an employee in an organization, we're all here to drive a conscious culture of well-being. And I think the other thing that I'm finding as well at the moment from a business perspective when you talk to our business leaders is really helping them understand that as, as much as the last few years have been incredibly challenging for every single one of us, we have to remember that well-being is an absolute necessity. It's a business imperative. And it's easy to say that, but how you actually embed it into everything that's happening for the organisation is what is so important as well. So our leaders are struggling as well, you know. We have a lot of data at Cisco that we we go after and we'll talk a little bit about that um, later on. But we know that from a personal well-being and a social well-being, that's how I'm doing and how we're doing, our leaders are suffering most. And so if you think our leaders are suffering, then how on earth are we actually there to uh, take care of our people as well? So there's so many different things, I think, affecting the well-being of our people right now. Um, And I think the things that are most complicated is the fact that life challenges are just so significant for all of us. And it's really hard to navigate that. And leaders have been asked to understand people on a really deep level and not just drive their performance. And so the balance of those two things and the integration of those two things are so important. We have to enable the wellbeing of our people to ensure sustainable performance and drive engagement of our organisations as well.
0: You know, it's so interesting, Sheila, we often say we need to take care of our people. And when we say that, we exclude the leaders, right? I I, I really appreciate you saying, by the way, you know, our people includes our leaders and they're struggling too, right?
2: Oh, they I mean they really are and as I say we kind of measure this on a regular basis for our employee population just to see the difference between the individual well-being and um, and our leader well-being as well and I think it's just it's generally over the years that you know we've had such a shift in the way we're asking our people to live and work um, and we're expecting our leaders to know exactly how to do that and nobody's written a playbook of how to do that the past few years and we're exhausted with so many different things, the changing environment, the uncertainties, the crisis that we see across the world. Our people leaders are expected to know how to navigate those things. And there is no playbook written for it right now. We're asking them to really get to know their people on a deep level. We want them to lead with compassion. We ask them to consider their language and the impact that they're having on their individual people And we want them to build an environment of safety and trust. And so those people who are going through life challenges need to feel comfortable and able to share that with their leader. But, of course, the leader needs to be equipped to deal with that moment when somebody shares that. And I think that's where there's sometimes a struggle. And some leaders are also in place today who haven't they didn't think that's what they were taking on they thought they were taking on the opportunity to drive drive the business on a so.
0: right <laughs> or drive results right so you know it's interesting in high tech like a lot of under, other industries right you often work in high stress high pressure environments so what are leaders doing that's hurting the well-being of people and what do we need to stop doing
2: i think it's um it's very much a case of I don't know if they're hurting the people. I think again, I think it's also we need to show some compassion for the leaders out there as well. But I think if I think a lot of our leaders are perhaps leading with empathy. And when I say that, what I mean is they are they're really almost going too far to help employees, which is causing them more stress and they're getting too involved with actually some of those life challenges. And what I mean by that is that an example perhaps around our mental health situations, leaders can sometimes get too involved with that from a personal perspective and and really want to do the world almost for, for people. And when you're doing that, you're not actually offering the professional support that's out there. I think the number one priority is making sure you know when to show empathy, but when to lead with compassion, which is really walking alongside somebody versus being in their shoes and helping them navigate the difficult circumstance that they're in. I also think the other challenge that we have, Chester, which is why I think that our leaders are struggling to navigate the situation is, they're really not taking care of themselves. Self-care has to be a priority when it comes to leadership. And sometimes I think you're trying to do everything for everybody else that you're not focusing on that, whether that's a lack of sleep, whether it's not really understanding how to have these conversations in a deep way with employees um, or whether it's just, you know, generally not taking care of yourself. You're back to back in meetings. You've got global time zone challenges you're trying to navigate. And so really focusing on the self and being present with your people when in the moment is so critically important. And the last thing I'll just say is like listening. Like Mm. we really need to use the, the two ears that we have and the one mouth. Focus on like really listening to our people and learning from them so you can help navigate the challenging environment that we're all in and remembering that we're all ho- human too. And so really um, the role modeling behaviors is just critical. So.
1: Yeah, cutting each other a little slack. I love that idea. All those are, are just terrific. But it does beg the question, it sounds like you, you get into a lot of, you know, training, if you will, of your of your leaders, of your people. So what parts of, you know, implementing a wellness strategy are on the employees themselves? And, and then what parts are on the leaders? So how do you sort of, you know, differentiate that, if that makes sense?
2: Yeah, I, it makes sense. And actually, I was asked this the other day on a Uh, a call with our we call our HR function people and communities Um, and I was asked this question the other day by some of those people and they were saying well when should the business really lead this dialogue and lead the conversation around well-being Um, and when should it be us and I basically my answer to this is we all own the culture of well-being in organisations it shouldn't just be left to the leaders and the employees and when I was talking about self-care just a moment ago what I mean is that's for everybody too. I think the problem is we rely on each other sometimes to take responsibility and ownership. It's it's like if you think about building team well-being rituals into an everyday team meeting for example and really, you know, just asking each other at the beginning of call, you know, how's it going to get today personally and professionally. Taking a moment to do that with each other is so important does it always have to be the leader that asks that question? No, it doesn't. Take responsibility, take ownership, because as I've said earlier, our leaders are dealing with so much, sometimes they can't do it all. So I think it's a, a, a really important to just understand that it is on all of us to own the culture of well-being, um, really, Adrian. So yeah,
0: you know, it's interesting, you've mentioned earlier that you do a lot of measuring, you do a lot of surveying. So what, what are the key things that you're looking for? What are the key things that you, you measure, you know, to make sure you've got that continual buy-in from the higher-ups, that this needs to be a priority? I'm curious.
2: Yeah, so, so on a fairly regular basis, we pulse our employees and ask them a, a variety of questions around... Um, Their personal well-being, which is about how I'm doing, and also their social well-being, which is how we're doing. We call it our real deal listening insights. And we pulse our our whole population across the globe, nearly 80,000 employees, actually. Um, And we ask about things like self-care, sleep, stress coping, their physical health, their mental health and their social well-being as well. And, and some of the questions that we pulse, we do that in a one-off survey across the organisation, but we also do it in things like our webinar events. So we ask the same questions as many times as we can so that we can get really good data and insights that allow us to see the differences um, in, in our people. And I'll share with you just some of our most recent um, information is those who are scores, scoring the highest well-being are actually 47% more engaged they're 22% more positive about their experience at Cisco. And this is the really important one. Those with the highest well-being are getting 12% more attention from their leaders through connections. And you know, that data is basically telling us that if you're a leader and you spend time with your individual employee, their well-being will be higher. And what we notice is sometimes leaders just don't take the time to actually spend with their employee, helping them prioritise work, helping understand who they really are, what are their issues they're dealing with personally and professionally. And when they yeah. do it, they're going to have higher well-being, they're going to be more engaged and they're more likely to stay at your organisation.
1: Wow, uh, you know, 50, let's call it 50% more engaged um, if you have higher well-being. That's pretty amazing. And every company should be should taking note of that, uh, as well as, you know, just the remarkable success Cisco has had, you know, not only business-wise, but also in the, in the best places to work. That's, that's just terrific. How do people learn more about you, Sheila, and about Cisco?
2: Well, I mean, anyone can find me on LinkedIn, Sheila Um, Champion-Smeeth. My profile is on there and I share a lot about what we're doing in Cisco. There's also a a link that perhaps we can share with the uh, listeners here around our our Cisco ESG, our environmental, social and governance hub with our purpose report as well. Love to share that with the um, audience listening today.
1: Oh, I'm sure. we'll yeah, we can add a link into that to the show notes. And that would be great. So one of the things I when you're coming on, I thought, I want to know some of the lessons that you've learned, because everything we try in wellness doesn't work. We're all individuals globally, something may work in India, but doesn't work in Brazil, etc. So what have you tried in wellness that didn't work that we could learn from?
2: Yeah, I think it's such a good question. And and I think the learnings that we have are are just so important. And one of the things I think about is learn, 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 listen, 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 learn from other people across the globe. I think one of the errors I potentially made, um, Adrian, was thinking that when I became global head of well-being at Cisco, um, after 20 years of being in the company and now 23 years here, I thought that in the global role, I'm going to have to do things really differently now. Of course things are different across the globe, cultures are different and how people want to engage in the conversation around well-being is different and local language is important but ultimately we're all human beings, we all have basic needs and we all need to focus on our self-care. Now access to how we do that around health, is different as well. So we have to consider that as organizations, but the conversation and the impact that you can have as leaders and individuals is actually the same because we are all human and we we all have access to the same ways that we can eat, sweat, think, and connect something that we do with one of our wellbeing partners here at Cisco, as we focus on a few areas that helps you think about what are the goals and the challenges we're after. I think the other thing that I wanted to share is it's not always been easy talking about well-being in an organisation as large and and dynamic and, you know, ever-changing as Cisco. But I just want to share for the audience that don't ever give it up, particularly if you're hugely passionate about it, because there'll be things that come at you. I call them boulders that kind of knock me aside. And the strength and the resilience that I've built in pushing those boulders out the way is what's given me the most impact. Always remember those conversations where you have with people when you don't realize the impact you've had on them, and they tell you, "Thank you so much for that webinar or that, you know, session or that conversation you had with me." It's literally transformed my life.
0: Wow, that's you know so insightful. I, you know, the the passion that you have comes through. I, I really you know, can sense that when you say, don't give it up, you know, don't, don't think that it's, it's not important. You you know, you're this massive company and you're global and uh, a lot of people assume lots and lots of resources. Do you have any tips for smaller companies that, you know, I know you've got a lot of vendors that you deal with and I know that you're passionate about this. You share this with, with other companies and other people. What about for smaller companies that uh, maybe don't have the resources and think it's too costly to implement good practices for good health at work. Any tips?
2: Yeah, uh, Chester, I think it's something I get asked a lot and I love the fact that I have an answer to it now. I'll say now because (laughs) I'm not sure I always did. Um, But, uh, you know, yes, of course, some organisations have the opportunity to spend more money on wellbeing, partnerships and vendors and apps, if you like. Um, However, it really does come down to the culture of the organisation and the team's and the conversations, employee story sharing around life challenges and how they've navigated that, how you can learn from one another, leaders sharing stories around their well-being, their mental health is just so impactful and it doesn't really need to cost you anything. The other thing I'd say is, you you know, around passionate people, I can tell you that in every organisation There will be people who care about other people. They're your passionate people that you want to bring on with you and have them as your well-being champions, if you want to call them that, or the pioneers that you work with. And when you get somebody working on something, they're passionate about that, whether they're an engineer or they're in sales or they're in HR, whatever they do, their passion will come through in how they're impacting other people which in turn will mean their performance on their job will increase. So a lot of people think, well, if I get involved in that, I haven't got time to do my job anymore. Mm-hmm. What you get back from it enables you to be stronger and better in the way you perform.
1: Well, sir, and such an such important uh, insights, Sheila. We now, kind of turn into a personal side. You, you know, you're heading up global well-being. You're, in, you know, you, you know. Right now, we're chatting to you. It's four o'clock where you are. You know, it's nine in the morning where I'm at. So you're you're running a global uh, team. So we're interested in the, the interested in the self-care tactics of successful people like you. Walk, walk us through some of the practices you found personally to help you continue to thrive in a in a high stress environment.
2: Yeah, thank you for the question. I love it when I can talk about my own personal situation as well, Adrian. I think it helps you connect with the audience on a deeper level. Um, So I have to practice it every moment of every day, like we all do, but we forget it. Literally, you know, just now I popped out to see the chickens to have a little smile before I came on to do the podcast because, as I said earlier, it's kind of been a challenging day. I started this morning connecting in with the Singapore team, dealing with a difficult um, issue. And, and I, when I find myself in the most difficult moments of my, of my life and I've been through a number of difficult things from an illness perspective through to just recently having to be a caregiver for my mother-in-law, which suddenly happened it's those moments where you realize you you have to build your own toolkit up with the things that you know will help support your well-being. So what's right for me will be different for you Adrian and different for you Chester. And you all have to find what's unique to you. Different people need different things at different times in their life. There'll be some days when I wake up, I have three gratitudes, I set an intention for the day, I do a short meditation, I have a workout and I'm on my work. And I get on with it and I have a great day. There's other days when that is never that easy. And that's when you have to focus on doing those things the most. But it is not always simple and it's all right to not feel okay and to navigate those emotions in the way that you all need to. And then the one thing I just want to say is like, who do I support? Who do I surround myself with for support? That is critical. The people that you have around you, and the professionals that you have around you to help support you in your everyday life is just so, so important. Um, so, yeah, whether that's your family, your teammates, somebody at work that you can just confide in if you've got a work challenge that's going on to help you navigate that. Or whether it's um, your friends. So all communities like inclusion and you know, our inclusive communities are, again, a wonderful space to come together and really help share the challenges that you're going through.
1: Or chickens, <laughs> you know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's a lot of
1: a lot of people who would prefer chickens to us, as other humans. So yeah. oh,
2: at any at any time I go and see them, they smile at me and they want to see me. I love it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. You know, great discussion. Thanks so much for your expertise, your passion, you know, your experience, and and sharing it all with us. If you had two things you wanted people to remember from the conversation, two key te- takeaways, what might they be?
2: Yeah, I think um, focus on yourself first. And sometimes that can be difficult because it feels a little bit selfish, perhaps. It is not. Mm-hmm. Like your own, what you need and what you have in your toolkit to look after yourself has to come first so you can take care of other people. And then the other thing is, is, is really reaching out for the support. I think a lot of us find it really hard to do that. But actually, generally across the world, there is the professional support out there and doesn't always need to cost the earth or cost anything, actually, to engage in a conversation that's going to help you navigate your mental, your physical, your social and your financial well-being. Um, I also I love to end with this, really. It's be kind to yourself and be kind to those around you
1: wonderful well wonderful wisdom Sheila we so appreciate you spending some time with us in your very busy schedule we want everybody to to know what an amazing job you are doing but also Cisco overall in taking care of the the souls in your care so thank you so much for coming on today and and sharing your wisdom
2: thank you so much for having me look after yourselves as well (laughs) you got it
0: Okay, Adrian, you know, we always have such great guests. You got to admit, though, Sheila Champion smith that's one of the best names that we've had on the (laughs) podcast uh, with a 96% engagement. Tell me what were some of your big takeaways. Well,
1: first off, how cool are we getting on the head of global well-being for Cisco? I mean, first off, pretty cool, Um, (laughs) you know, and and great get to to, uh, to get Sheila on. Uh, You know, I love what she says. Look, well-being means life, and this is our whole life. You know, it's, and I've done speaking engagements for Cisco before, and it's interesting as you as you chat with these folks. Um, they are so interesting. They're just yeah. smart and cool, and you know, and and they really do think very deeply about things. And and so, a couple of thoughts. First off, she said, you know, we talk to people about going becoming more empathetic. She's saying, whoa, 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 don't go too far. Be compassionate. Walk with somebody, but you can't fix their life challenges. You're there to what? Listen.
0: Yeah. What was that again? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it is interesting. She did say that. She said, you know, um, learn, 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 and listen, listen, listen. Yeah. Right? I I like that. I I was really impressed when she said, look, well-being equals life. It's our whole self. It's a business imperative. And don't let it slip. You know? Uh, Also, the great advice— look, find people that are passionate about this. Yeah. People say, well, if I do this, I won't have time for my regular work. Passionate people find the time. Yeah, They figure it out and they and they push through. And Those well-being champions. And yeah, yeah,
1: I thought that was really good. Yeah, And, you know, a couple of other things. She said, look, you know, we all own the culture of well-being. So if you're in a meeting, you know, and your boss is tapping his or her fingers, ready to get started, it's okay to say, hey, how's everybody doing? You know, uh, let's go around the room. You know, she says, own that. I mean, boy, I, I love that kind of thought, um, and and that they're also measuring very, you know, monthly, uh, asking two questions: How are you doing? How are we doing? How are you doing? How are we doing?
0: I love that you threw in your little New York accent there. Mm-hmm. How you
1: doing? How are you doing?
0: How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, uh, and then the results. You know that they actually have these tangible results. You know, yeah. plus forty-seven percent in engagement plus 22% in positive feelings about the company and, and 12% more something. I can't more time
1: read. with their leader, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and that yeah.
0: was simply it. More time with their leader equaled uh, more well-being. Yeah. So, you know, not just saying it and hey, this is a good thing, measuring it, getting the data. Yeah. And boy, 96% I think oh my speaks gosh. for a yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. If you're not, you know, using this podcast as, as fodder to, to do more in your organization, you're missing an opportunity. A couple of things, Show. So, the last things here, she said, you know, to get started. Well, first off, you know, be more vulnerable yourself as a leader, share your stories. And put some well being champions in place around your, around your organization. Who, who cares about this? Who can really take over that? And I, I just I thought that was terrific.
0: Yeah, uh, wrap up for me is focus on yourself. It's not selfish, it's smart. Yeah. Um, reach out for support, which is always hard to do. Yeah. And then I just really appreciated at the end when she said, and you know what? Be kind. Be kind. Yeah. And that simple reminder focus on yourself, it's not selfish. Reach out for support. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people.
1: And we just need more kindness in the world right now versus less, you know, with all that that is going on. Division, war, this, that, and the other, economic unrest. We just need to be kinder. So love what uh, Sheila had to say. Thank you so much, Sheila, for being on with us today. Uh, Special thanks to our producer, Brent Klein, uh, to Christy Lawrence, who helps us find amazing guests like Sheila, and to all of you who listened in.
0: Yeah, and if you like the podcast, please share it. We'd love you to share it with friends and family, co-workers, if you think it could help. And, you know, we also love the fact that you go in, download it, give us a, a little rating. Uh, that helps get the message out on well-being. Uh, we also love speaking to audiences around the world, personally or virtually, on the topics of culture, teamwork, resilience. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you about your event well Adrian I can't tell you how much I love showing up with you my friend (laughs) always insightful and these incredible guests that really are giving up their time to share with us best practices to make the world a little kinder a lot more healthy and safer to talk about mental health
1: it really is so we this is a um, podcast uh that is a mission-driven opportunity for us uh we do this because we love sharing these ideas so thank you everybody for joining us uh for sharing some uh sharing the podcast with your friends and neighbors and until we speak next time we wish you the best of mental health